0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to Wrestling Questions You Most Want Answered. I'm your host, Michael Sergwick, joined by my fellow Culture great man, Andy Murray, to discuss, in fact... All of the wrestling questions, or some of them, that you most want answered. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We preview and review AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, WWE Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, premium live events, pay-per-views. We have wrestler interviews. A lot of those are coming up live from WrestleMania weekend. We have roundtable discussions. We answer your questions. We host a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture murray Mm. don't know why i'm swinging to you it's the questions that we're Mm.
2: gonna answer but how are you doing i'm very well mate how are you yeah how are you you doing after a week of filling various holes and moving around in various positions with everyone being away in the u.s how are you doing
1: i'm goddamn professional yeah goddamn professional nailed that intro leon and it was tweaked as well there
2: you go uh
1: Feeling ever more confident about filling in on the news. I can actually look down the camera at this
2: point. We've got three more days of it next week, baby.
1: Yes, absolutely. Working
2: hard, playing cards.
1: Look, we're just two goddamn professionals. This
2: is it. Doing
1: a goddamn professional job with some electrifying audio.
2: We're like the great Cali and AJ Styles. Very comparable to both of us.
1: AJ Styles, a good name to invoke on flat. Friday,
2: of course. I'm just saying.
1: Let's get straight down to it. Um, we've got several questions. Apologies if um, we don't get round to yours. Obviously, we don't have all day in which to do this. But one of the reasons why uh, we are prompted to do uh, questions you most want answered is that myself and Murray have a nice sort of loyal follower count on Twitter. And we often get asked several questions throughout the day. Um, I personally just do not have time to answer every question. I appreciate every single one. It means you support us. It means you're interested in our opinions. And opinions, you know, pay our bills. Um, but realistically, outside of work hours and family obligations, I have about... 50 minutes to myself before I succumb yeah. to sleep involuntarily, and at the minute, <laughs> those 50 minutes are spent re-watching Vintage Frontier yeah. Martial Arts Pro Wrestling, so that's why I don't answer all your questions, but that's what we're here to do today, the first of which comes from a uh, Matt Rains.
2: Oh, never heard that name before. Hey, you've got I you to what. look after your day ones. It never rains. it Matt's? Anyway, he says hi. Yes,
1: Matt Raines here. Cedric mega fan. So refreshing not hearing the other deadly (laughs) preach brother. I couldn't agree more. Get rid of Hamlet. Preach. (laughs) Who would you both like to see as Tully's new client for the supercard tonight? Oh,
2: possibly Cesaro. Cesaro. Cheers. Love your brothers. Wow. So what's the what's the score with this? I did see the graphic uh, briefly, but today has been so whirlwind that nothing is registering in my Swiss cheese brain. Tully has a mystery client to face. Is it Ninja Mac? Ninja Mac. Okay, interesting.
1: I didn't actually hear the promo. Um, I expected something to the effect of I want to guide a new guy to success and I'm yeah. going to keep it stum as to who it is and ambiguous because hence it wouldn't be a mystery. Uh, So I guess the question doubles as who would be a great fit for Ring of Honor? Who would be a good new heel or young heel wrestler that would mesh well with Tully? Um, Given, I mean, everything's going to have a sort of a, a, not a flat or a low level of hype, but there's so much competition for discourse and buzz that uh, you just don't know how big this is. And it's an undercard thing. It could be a young protege. My personal feelings is that Cesaro debut it's a little bit low on the totem pole for Cesaro Tully
2: Blanchard hasn't really been profiled on AEW TV of late obviously before he was fired Cesaro's history in Ring of Honor might make that a bit difficult as well because he's already got so much cachet there it might be a bit like oh oh I'm really happy Cesaro's back but it's a bit random yeah it's a tough one this I I'm i was gonna just going through some people in my head who i think would be good and josh woods was someone who stood out immediately the ring of honor pure champion but he's defending his belt against wheeler Utah. so it's like oh okay well it's obviously not him um there were other people as well like literally every name that popped into my head there i found out is already on the card hey um so it's kind of telling uh Ah uh, man, this is a really tough question actually, and it's one that I probably should have put a bit more thought into. Um, Moriarty would have been an interesting shout, but again, he's on the card as well. So what the heck are we going to do here?
1: Why do they if, go completely out of? Sorry, you, have, you had a train of thought there. I will not interrupt <laughs> it.
2: Like Thomas the Tank Engine, baby. Tony Nice. What about Tony Nice? Because Tony Nice is a very good professional wrestler who perhaps suffers at the other aspects of the gig. And the theory here would be that. I mean, his performances have wavered certainly over the past year or so. I know, like we, we a lot of people don't like saying that about Tully, but it's kind of true. There have been occasions where he hasn't been as just devilish and sinister as he always has been throughout his career. Um, but the theory with Tony Neece and Mark Henry said this on busted open radio the other week, and he's dead right. Is that you know when he's he's in the ring, he's tremendous. He the the floor for Tony Neese is like a three and a half star match. He's very good every single time, but he's not much of a character guy. They might complement each other quite well. The premier athlete with the premier manager, that might be a good gig.
1: I think that's an exceptional shout. Um obviously one of the reasons why you give a guy a manager um is for them to serve as a mouthpiece, for them to just add something extra to the act itself when the act itself is lacking in certain departments. Like nieces is, let's be realistic. Like yeah, yeah. So if it's not Tony Niece, and it's not someone who's like an incredibly gifted young protege because of Seen quite a lot of that in pro wrestling with the with the Combat Club yeah, and the JAS. Yeah. What if it's something out of complete left field, like a wrestler who has a reputation um as being and I know it's condescending to call someone a solid hand. What if it's someone who's had this reputation who's just not really fashionable? Mm-hmm. Um one, that would act as a throwback, hence why Tuddy could identify with them as a manager. And two, the reason why they're solid hands is because they might not have much pizzazz or charisma. What about um, Blake from Blake mm. and Murphy? Someone of that ilk who was like revered amongst his peers, but yeah. because he isn't a big TV-friendly wrestler and not like cool in terms of a super indie guy or a really intricate technical guy, which is coming back into fashion. Maybe someone like that, but I'm very interested to find out. Shall Thank-
2: we do the little gimmick, the random gimmick? See if we land on. Because we could have a wacky pairing, right? I'll do the scrolling. And you do the numbers. So I'm scrolling right now. Tell me when to stop on the AW roster page. Stop. Okay. One, two, three, or four? Three. Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be so weird.
2: What's Tucker up to? Is he still uh, making orange juice or lemonade on the golf course? Still the spliffing and biffing on the old,
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the old uh, golf Wesley course. Wesley Blake's
2: a really good shout. He he was part of the the little... Um, the little she was nothing cuts anything down like going, oh you know that little thing but I remember the like the pre-control your narrative invasion at the end he was kind of standing there in the background before the titan was unleashed at final battle the, right, that might be a good show possibly 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 yeah. well Matt Rains, thank you
1: for your question <laughs> and your continued devotion quite frankly it's always incredibly appreciated
2: he is sensational he's a very good dude uh, likes oh, you a bit too much for my liking but, yeah. why? why wouldn't
1: he <laughs> Uh, Next question comes from All Elite Leo sixty three. This art is All Elite Liam sixty three. What's going Uh on there, pal? Scooby Doo can't have two names. (laughs) Yeah, come on, you only get one. John Joe Shelby. Anyway, (laughs) he asks. And I think we've got quite a few questions surrounding this, so I figure we should answer at least one of them so a lot of other uh, listeners and followers are satisfied. Who should win both the men's and the women's Owen Cup? We got this on the news, but there are other, you know, potential yeah. options. He says, for me, it's Serena D versus Tony Storm final with Serena winning and Pack versus Daniel Garcia. What an incredible match that would be with Pac winning. I do like the idea of yeah. Pac winning. Um Simply because AEW needs to do way more with them. We know why they haven't. Um, The pandemic has obviously robbed um, another long stretch of his career. Um, He's more and more difficult to book um, as a result of his transatlantic status. But he'd be a good shout. Um, For me, this might be difficult because he's sort of embroiled in a faction war at present. But it would be a lovely sort of tangible accomplishment for Eddie Kingston to win. I do think it should be a baby face. But if Eddie Kingston's busy, right? in this faction war. And I would like to see it be not just everyone else who was involved in the main storyline. Would, I would like it if wrestlers had two things going on at once. Yeah. Like when Kenny Omega had the pack singles program and the tag team with Hangman Page, like, I would like to see more of that actually on dynamite. That's an incidental point. So if it's not going to be like that, and it's very episodically driven dynamite. So I'm not sure it will be given the enormous babyface potential this man possesses. And given that he's not currently doing anything in AEW right now, This could be a platform for Miro's babyface turn. Mm -hmm. I would love to see Miro turn babyface because everyone loves him. He's got a killer badass look, killer ring game, super strong. um, Banter is all hell. Maybe Miro as a babyface for me on the men's side, for the women's. I think Tony Storm's a good shout. You yeah, in, you want yeah, it, you yeah. need to build stars in this women's division and you need to build them quickly definitely. because these takes about how uncommitted it is and whatever are just simply not going away. One way of answering that is to say like look we are going to build a star fast track
2: Tony. Yeah, good shouts across the board. I think PAC is a particularly compelling one. And I would in 2022 I would definitely like to see you know travel issues notwithstanding I would definitely love to see AEW taking some of the people who've maybe fallen off the top tier radar not as workers, but in terms of how they're pushed and and put some more effort into elevating them. So very strong pick, very difficult to argue. If you wanted to go for something a little bit different, and I said this the other day, I think Jonathan Gresham would be a really good, this would be a really good tournament to debut him in. Um, It's the the romantic idea of filling it with like great technicians fills me with joy. Uh, And Gresham is minimum, like top three technician in the world. Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. Put them in whatever order you want. I'm not going to argue any of them. Um, They're obviously talking to him. He's been backstage at about a thousand different shows lately. He's obviously in the Ring of Honor main event tonight. Um, He's a phenomenal pro wrestler, not just a mat guy as well. He can mix it up with some bursts of athleticism. He's very good at pacing his matches. He's exceptional at taking like tiny little moments and making them feel important and, and running through the gearbox. He'd be a great opponent for anyone. I am at the point with him where I think he could probably have a good match with the mic stand I am currently holding up the microphone with. Um, if you wanted to go down the new person route, that's who I'd go with. But Pac is very tough to argue with. On the women's side, uh, I like all of these choices. Uh, somebody, Serena Deeb is an obvious one. Again, on she she wears pink. She has the Bret Hart brain in her matches and the way she carries things over. Um, I too, think it would be good to fast track someone to 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 pinpoint them as a future star. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit different and go Jamie Hater, uh, more of a powerhouse, more of a bruiser stylistically. I would love to see her win this tournament as a way of Britt Baker becoming really jealous of her success. While she is not women's champion, and that could all add into their deal uh, as an alternative pick, rebel for the same purpose. No, Jamie Hater,
1: Jamie Hater as well. If she wins the Owen, that would really heat up the Brit Baker rivalry as well yep. and put them kind yep. of on an equal footing. I really like that um, idea. Actually, uh, the next question comes from Ken Jin Kenshin. Thank you very legend. much for your question. He's in another. He's in like another day one guy. Top um, legend. I'm simply going to read the words he's written down. And then just gesture towards you because this is your wheelhouse. This is your question. With the announced AEW-DDT partnership, how do you book it and strike a balance between showcasing the talent on excursion and continuing the normal operations of the TV shows? Is it just putting them on dark or something higher on the card like the Owen?
2: Mm -hmm. I think it's a case by case basis. So with DDT, we have an extremely talented group of young wrestlers, young up-and-coming wrestlers who, because of the way certain other wrestlers in DDT are booked, maybe aren't having the opportunities to dive into these bigger spotlights. Um, so first and foremost, I think AEW represents a really great place to send like, fresh out of the dojo rookies who've only been around for a year or so on an old-school-style excursion. Where they work as many matches as possible, they work dark, they work elevation. Maybe they can come up for TV if they need to get a little bit of extra flavor once every couple of months. I think it's a great chance to do that, but I think it's a case by case thing because you've got Konusuke Takeshita coming over to the United States, and according to Dave Matt, and he is like the guy in DDT. He's the top guy. He's not the champion anymore. He lost the belt to to um, Tetsuya Endo the other week. Um, but he's the guy a lot of the stuff is built around. He's coming over for a full year. You obviously don't want to book him only on Dark and Dark Elevation because the guy is absolutely tremendous. Not necessarily someone everyone has seen, not necessarily a huge star to everyone who watches AEW, but a phenomenal, world-class, best-in-the-world-tier pro wrestler who, if you don't put him in big matches every now and then, it's a terrible misuse. So with a guy like that, I'm putting him on TV not necessarily every single week because CM Punk and Brian Danielson are the only people who are on TV every week and Hangman Page uh, and a couple others but you know he, I he should be in big exhibition matches I want him and Kenny just for the sake of having a great match at some point um, use him in that role maybe if you want you could build him up to like a TNT title feud or maybe you could even give him a world title shot why not portray him as the foreign star coming over there's definitely cheers to it but also and, again, it depends who you're bringing over. I imagine there'll be a lot of... They're not just going to strip DDT of all their main eventers for Bubsaw Dead, right? That That company still needs to draw houses and stuff. But mid-level wrestlers in DDT can come over... They can be based in Florida, which it seems like where Takeshita is going to be. Uh, they can work Dark and Elevation till their heart's content, obviously. You can book them on like dark, uh, sorry, Dynamite or Rampage once a month or so, but also you can use your wonderful connections in the indie scene to get these people bookings for other companies. You've obviously got Ring of Honor there, but with, with Sean Dean as, uh, acting as the envoy um, for extras coming in, you'd imagine he'd be able to do that going the other way as well. It's a really good opportunity to... Get Japanese wrestlers out there with a strong base in America to operate from. I'm very excited for this link-up. There's also the prospect of just bringing Junakiyama in for a one-off match with Eddie Kingston, which is Eddie's dream match. It's just lots of cool things you can do across the board. And it's not a case of, oh, we've got Yuki Ueno. He needs to be on TV every single week. It's a case of using them sparingly but effectively and in a way that makes their talents known to a wider audience. And I am beyond excited for it. Hope that answers your question.
1: That's a very good answer indeed, as well. I'm just thinking about the O'Neill. He was a teenage prodigy of a professional wrestler who was sort of like wrestling, maybe when he shouldn't have been. Is Nick Wayne allowed to be on telly at 16 years old? Having him in a f- question, because I know that he was he got um, ratted out by someone um, for the GCW show yes. because the, uh, the Athletic Commission would let yes. him do it because of his age. So they might run afoul of that if they try to do it. But I just think that would be a lovely nod to Owen Hart's history if indeed they could get Nick Wayne just to do a really great showcase yeah. spirited loss in the first round. That's just something that popped into my head. Put a DDT wrestler in there. Put Higuchi in there. It'd be fun. Yes. Big horse. Absolutely. Here's a great question um, from Joshua James. Thank you for this. What is the greatest wrestling quote that has never been said on TV, but still enriched wrestling fandom, i.e.? Why don't you give me the bell? (laughs) I'll beat everybody. (laughs) Oh, got to make Roman look real strong. Got to make Roman look real strong. And he says, thanks for the hours of entertainment. Greetings from Germany. For me, I'm always fascinated by, and you know, I read The Observer, Today, so this feels potentially like in poor taste, or I feel guilty about saying it because the 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 rundown of Triple H's recent hell scare was like harrowing. Yeah, um, but you know he's doing a bit better now. So here goes. There was um, a article in the much missed Power Slam magazine. I think it was written by Matthew Randazzo Five or oh, V or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. who uh, also wrote uh, Ring of Hell, where a source close to him, um, a former WWE creative writer was detailing his, uh, recounting his experiences with Triple H. And um, he sort of timidly had the the script in his hand, and he knocked on Triple H's door to hand him a copy of it, as was custom, and Triple H swung it open without so much as saying hello, said, am I going over? Am I, King, going over? And I just love the idea that that was at the forefront of his mind the entire time. Just the, like... You know, what, like a beloved family member rings him up. Yeah, 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 yeah. nice to see you. And I said, I don't care about that. I'm going over. So I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just your auntie or something like that. I don't know. I just love how it's <laughs> always at the forefront of his mind. So am I effing going over for me? He's always been like... And then, of course, when on this night, he was going to lose by
2: DQ. Did not work for the gamer. It did not. It did not. Um, I'm sure this has been said on television many a times, but it would obviously come from backstage finaglings um doesn't work for me brother just yeah it's it's so perfect if you want something to encapsulate the heavy politics of one of the most chaotic eras in wrestling history and what Hulk Hogan comes to represent away from the racism um the other aspects of his backstage personality and wcw and the mess that that promotion became towards the end and the idea that everyone's precious little ego needs to be protected the idea that if you've ever seen the video or the full shinter shinterview that was a
3: shinterview
2: (laughs) the full shoot interview right hereby known uh as a shinterview of kevin nash talking about the process of booking wcw tv where he's got this whiteboard out and because certain things are taped on certain days they have to tape a show that happens like four days later four days earlier before the one that's actually before it and it's like this convoluted mess where everything takes ages and they're there for days and they're slaving over these things the idea that they can do this stay up till five in the morning getting everything just right and in one fell swoop hulk hogan can come into work stinking of whatever he's been drinking and smoking the night before take a look at this detailed intricate plan that looks like it like a pyramid in construction it's so precise and go nah doesn't, tremendous. Work for the doesn't work for the hulkster brother does not work
1: for the hulkster brother now this is an interesting question that i automatically disagree with but it kind of i'll, I'll give you my take on it before you know <laughs> i'll actually say good it start <laughs> can will the mgf and tony khan shoot work rift lead to on screen tension between them and then lead to tony offering an AEW contract to wardlow i think this is a fabulous thought mm-hmm. to have and a great question to ask because if they've it's a great idea for the wrong promotion i don't want tony khan to do anything that would be like Unfair to any talent, yeah. no matter how despicable the character is in the case of MJF. And I just don't want to interfere in any other capacity beyond I'm the guy who makes the matches and I'm the general manager IRL of this promotion. I don't want him to favor anyone. I don't want him to become a fictionalized character. But I do think the the link here is something I'd never really thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not know how Wardlow gets the contract I kind of hope it isn't through Tony Khan fictionalizing his character, but I did think I'd never made that link, and I think it was really a, a clever thought.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think this would be that, a gr- Sorry,
1: that was from Arnav Gupta.
2: Shout out to Arnav. The, yeah, this is a great WWE storyline for sure. Um, but yeah, for me, um, my preferences, and that's all I speak from, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't need to like... Khan tv character to be a thing either it's just not really what i enjoy from pro wrestling um i don't mind his little appearances here and there like it's cool he's showing up to announce like he's bought ring of honor or showing up when nyla rose wins the woman's title and he's like in there in his massive suit jacket looking scared like stuff like that's fine but um it's a, it's an interesting little way of engineering towards Wardlow getting the contract for isn't it because that's something that's going to need a bit of that's going to need a bit of storyline heft at the moment you got Wardlow beating up your security guards you don't really have that Tony Khan or the office needs a reason they need some kind of impetus to give him a contract at the moment if they just went oh he signed now that wouldn't make any sense because it's like he broke into your show last week and punched 10 security guys in the face he put one over a table like so like I like the train of thought for sure, uh, and I I love the way MJF uh, pulls the strings of wrestling fandom with his comments on his contract. Um, should have cleared the interview with Mandy O'Donnell, according to, uh, according to Dave in the Observer this week. Um, but yeah, uh, right right train of thought for sure. But the optics of Tony Khan on air decision guy is not something I want. Absolutely, I have used this question. It's another platform to manifest that not
1: happening. Just into the ether out there. Mr. Tom asks, the year is a quarter of the way through. What is your favorite match so far in any promotion? Before I give you my answer, Murray, <laughs> he's given you carte blanche by saying, in Mr. Murray, I mean any <laughs> promotion, no matter how niche, obscure, or anything like that. It's been a great year so far. Yeah, I Possibly the best match I've watched given how much it was enriched by the story, given how well it was worked, how well it was shot, how much thought went into it, how much it registered with the the fandom. Top to bottom, if I was to say objectively, Punk-MGF dog collar match, um, just so much thought went into it. It was such a masterpiece, and um, I enjoyed it greatly on a subjective level as well. In terms of the match I was most impressed by, so I'm going to go for the objective, what I think was the best achievement. What I thought was the most impressed by, given the conditions, because they set themselves up with hard work and creativity to have that masterpiece. So this is the one I was most impressed by and had such a thrill watching was Hangman Page versus Lance Archer. The Archer looked thrashed during the physical altercations. It was on the surface very lazy booking that Tony Khan relies on quite a bit, where it's either Lance Archer or Nyla Rose. Like the the babyface challenger gets the monster. And I was just so goddamn impressed with it because yeah. I thought it's obviously yeah. going to be a fun bloodbath, but will I give that much of a toss about it when I know with 1 million percent certainty who's going to win? Hangman Page is such a great, intelligent pro wrestler. I will be amazed if it wasn't his idea to do this spot where Dan Lambert just takes away the top rope and you're thinking, "I oh, you can't do the book, bookshot." So they changed the question because the first question had already been answered resoundingly no, of course, Archer's not going to win. So they pipe at it. They changed the question. Okay, how then can Hangman Page win? And they just created this drama. I don't want to say out of nowhere. They created this drama from the mind of a pro wrestling genius
0: that nobody... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.
1: else would have thought to have asked i just thought it was so impressive and it was such a fun bloodbath brawl yeah. as well like archer licking the fork it's yeah. just tits like that bump that page took on the upturn steps just, such a stunningly crafted violent brawl that had so much going for it on like a visceral meathead enjoyment level and such intelligent craft one more if i may line them up biff music versus john moxley i was literally just about to say that <laughs> Nate and Murray just watched it right. An hour ago or something. Yeah. <laughs> Skip the next one minute if you plan on watching it, because we're going to tell you the story of the match very quickly. What happens is that early on, John Moxley grounds Busick. He kinda has exerts his full control. The idea and it's so clever because one's a star and one's just like an indie journeyman who's awesome, but you know, he's not, you know, championship caliber, mainstream wrestler on telly. So Moxley dominates, dominates, dominates on the map, exerts his control, and then Shining Wizards I'm out of the ring. <laughs> Only Lorcan is busted open. It is disgusting. It's a bloodbath. He realizes he's bleeding and says to himself through wonderful body language, oh, "I'm going to have to do. I'm just going to have to do what Bill uh, Biff music does here, and that is try to kill someone insanely fast <laughs> because otherwise I'm severely outmatched." At the same time as jumping back onto, like, the canvas, he chops Moxley, like, in one smooth sort of desperate motion, and Moxley just smiles and says, well, cool, a Let's fight. Let's go. And then he gets... Then Booster gets dropped on his head. And the, the, he gets dropped on his head so violently that the blood sort of pours out of the forehead onto the mat. It's, uh, it's just
2: awesome. And kind of down Moxley's arm and back, and by the end, yeah, I mean, it's a, a phenomenal gladiator vibes dare i say similar to the all-time classic say this match necro versus Samojo. in terms of atmosphere not in terms of as a weapon brawl but you know in terms of how it felt um glad glad to see a question acknowledging my nerddom uh i love it when questions like this come up because it means i can talk about the crap that i didn't ever think i'd be able to make a living talking about which is good with that being said uh Legitimately, my favorite match of the year is probably Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page too. Um but because you give me a platform to talk about someone else, I'm gonna talk about Gleet instead. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna talk about T Hawk versus L. Lindeman And I won't I won't break down you know beat by beat the story and stuff, because it's an extremely simple match. It's like I like I, I gravitate specifically towards two very certain types of wrestling simple effective work where story threads are established very on carried throughout and paid off to the end whether it's working an arm or or whatever uh, and horrible violence like <laughs> john moxley versus uh Biff music um this is the former this is one of the most perfect executions i've ever seen of outside of brett versus owen obviously of wrestlemania x um one of the most perfect executions I've ever seen of the big brother, little brother format, where one guy, in this case, T-Hawk, has always been further ahead of, of Lindemann in their careers, whether they've been in Dragon Gate, whether they've been in OWE, whether they've been in on their excursions in the US with AEW before the stuff happened and nobody could come over anymore. Always been one step ahead. And you you watch the younger guy, the less experienced, the less seasoned guy coming close all these times but falling back and then coming back again and he's edging closer but there's just a little gap there it's just a classic sensational pro wrestling story done extremely well very simple it's all chops bros and suplexes and playing off the huge colossal history the two have together. You don't even necessarily need to have watched 12 years of Dragon Gate to understand the core premise of this because they establish it within the first minute of the match. And the best thing about this is that Gleet shows are available for free on the YouTube. So if you go in, you type in your little little keyboard. (laughs) Why Why am I mocking people's keyboards? You type it in, you'll find the show. If you want a specific link to it, it's on the cage match page. Or I'll send, hit me up. I'll 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 hook you up. Um, It's a it's a great match, and anyone who doesn't necessarily need pro wrestling to be the things I don't like about it will enjoy it. There you go. I don't want to crap on people's taste. Going, ah, you spotfest fans. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's do it. I like I love burying people. Like it's really really fun. Got a lot of questions about this exact sort of uh, theme. Gleet. So I picked one. No, oh, no. <laughs> damn it, no more glee. Okay, <laughs> uh, we've selected one from you and Hannon, but we've had um, various um, variations of this theme. Who else would you like to see in the Blackpool Combat Club? <laughs> I know this is a basic bitch answer because they've referenced the guy by name in the storyline. and Daniel's had a Danielson had a banger against him, but if we're gonna go full. Uh, Cobra Kai with a storyline. Get Moriarty in. The idea is that Moriarty could kind of be the more baby-faced guy. It could be more the heel guy because he kind of like spitting at Danielson. Like, Moriarty had a way more respectful match with Danielson. And I like the idea, and I think they played with the contrast wonderfully on um, Dynamite last night where... Moxie was like, stand-up guy, wasn't too horrible to Jay Lethal. He kicked his ass, yeah. but that's just what he does. And he shook his hand afterwards. Danielson's the prick in this group. I love the idea of um, co- the Blackpool Combat Club eventually splintering into two factions, and they could tell a Cobra Kai-esque story, like defections and mentor-protege mental relationships breaking down and all the rest of it. I think Moriarty and Mox versus... Mm-hmm danielson and down the line could be fantastic there's loads of directions they can go but basically if a wrestling promotion doesn't rip off cobra kai in the way it tells its stories because cobra kai is a better wrestling show than raw and i'm not joking like it's such a distinctly pro wrestling flavored it's so pro wrestling
2: like in its cheesier elements as well do do
1: references to it as well
2: are obviously huge fans the guys who write it it's it's i love cobra cry it's like perfect junk food and i mean that i I love junk food so don't take that as an insult uh yeah so i've got four answers for this and i don't care if that's greedy because i'm a greedy guy um the first one is josh woods who's the ring of honor pure champion Someone who's improved immensely over the past couple of years. Um, he fits the bill stylistically. He has a similar intensity. I think he's someone who'll open a lot of eyes, maybe if they're checking Ring of Honor out for the first time tonight. Uh, he's been on Dark at least once, maybe once or twice. Um, he's kind of like, when you first lay eyes on him, he's a very handsome man, but when you first lay eyes on him, you think, oh, it's another white guy with a beard. But when you see him work, he's very snug, very crisp, great wrestler. He'd be a good fit. Um, Another one on the male side, and it's actually two. I've actually got five wrestlers. I'm putting in the club. Why the hell not? Uh, both Anthony Henry and JD Drake. JD Drake needs to get out of the wingmen. The wingmen rule. I love them, but they're a comedy jobber. Right? No, I hate them. You hate them. They're I just love chasing
1: them. memes, and it's like on, it's not. There's nothing organically charming about it. I like them
2: <laughs> because I like weird stuff. Um, but it's not. It's it, the wingmen. The idea of the wingmen is that J.D. Drake's like the guy who doesn't really fit. He's like the weird mate who, you know, doesn't look like the kind of guy who's hanging out with the Hollywood hunk. My take, sorry on this, is I think they were going to do something similar to what they're doing with
1: Garcia and the JAS now, where if the wingmen had taken off, had they have taken off as a faction, I think J.D. Drake would have been the breakout babyface. Yes. Because he didn't belong, and I think obviously they know he doesn't belong because they've just booked him alongside Green, like they know what he does. But I think... It, they never, they never took off. Yeah, as a stable, just didn't click. So they, they, they don't tell work that story. on dynamite at nah. all.
2: No, they don't come off well on dynamite at all. So, like, I'm quite willing to admit when something I like is a bit crap, and the Wingmen are a bit crap, like as an act. But I mean, I'm entertained by them. What can I say? Um, but yes, like all of J D Drake Drake's strengths are nullified in this faction, and Anthony Henry is the most gleeful prick. Henry, sorry, I said Anthony Green. Uh, too many Anthony's flying around. Uh, he's the most gleeful prick heel, like just reveling in picking people apart with a big smile on his face i watched him uh versus adam priest on the indies earlier this year and i was like my god like i'd forgotten how much i enjoy this guy on the indies because he'd been in wwe obviously for a while and it didn't work out and it like they just didn't do anything with him um and as the work horsemen together they've obviously have the connection with moxley and danielson already they've already got their ass kicked by them in what was a joyous little flattening but i think they'd be great in the stable i've got two other people i'm gonna throw in here the first is marina shafir because she has the vibe of a cold-hearted just devious killer completely stoic i like that a lot she'd be a really good flavor uh, alongside Moxley, who's like a very bellicose, rugged man, and uh, Danielson, who turns into a technical sadist in the ring. Uh, the, four, the fifth one, and this would require opening the door to Impact Wrestling, whatever's going on there, is Masha Slamovich, who everyone should check out, uh, a serious bomb dropper who would benefit immensely from working with the likes of Brian Danielson. Sorry for d- occupying 10 minutes.
1: That's quite all right. <laughs> this is the most self-indulgent podcast, and that's the exactly. reason why we decided to do it.
2: And that's why we picked 10 questions. Yeah,
1: and none of them have got WWE. I'll ask a WWE one, let us make one up at the Cody. end.
2: Cody, what's Cody going to do at WrestleMania? It's something like that, aye. Um, so
1: three questions left, uh, one of which is uh, from GG on Wrestling. Who do you think we see in the next Blood and Guts match in AEW? The mega fans will forgive me because I'm about to repeat a Twitter take, but I just think this fantasy book is so great. I don't know who the other two people are in the unnamed Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz stable. Oh, actually, no, 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 they're not even involved. Sorry. Get my I own, know where this is going. I'm getting my own thoughts wrong. I so the whole idea is, is that there is a distinctly professional wrestling flavored, um, what you call it, stable in AEW right now, and that's the Blackpool Combat Club. Yes. They have kind of formed at the exact same time as the sports entertainment group, the Jericho Appreciation Society. They do a blood and guts match. They eventually find themselves in philosophical conflict with one another because that's guaranteed to happen at this stage given their various sensibilities and how they contrast. They have fights, they have matches, they have brawls, promos, whatever. Until it gets so violent and they've like the combat club have been sneak attacked so often that they eventually challenge Jericho's Appreciation Society to a blood and guts match. Boom. Jericho initially refuses because I've been in one of those and quite frankly the mutilation was barbaric. The gory mutilation was bar- gory barbaric. It was the gory self mutilation was barbaric. It was an unsophisticated product and I will not do anything like that ever again. Then they eventually do. They subvert the bad spot in the Modern War Games match with the West Side Mm. Story standoff and to a man the five members of the uh, Combat Club headbutt all five members of the Jericho Appreciation Society. That leads to the surrender spot. Now I've realized that I've talked myself into two conflicting fantasy booking scenarios here. This Blood and Guts match and the Civil war between the dojos in the combat club. How about one links to the other? I'm not booking, I'm not getting paid, but this is a thought I have in my head. Where Moriarty is getting killed by Garcia so much that he surrenders. And in a shock, the JAS goes over. Danielson kicks the out of Moriarty on the following dynamite to a barbaric extent. We're talking Shavo Guerrero, Atsushi Anita, All Japan yes. Pro Wrestling Levels yes. Extend. And is like, oh, eh? Like, I'm gutted about the loss as well, but you're taking it too far. The most egregious violence you've ever seen on AEW Dynamite television. Moxie steps in, Comeback Club forms two separate dojos, and they can spend the next 18 months doing Cobra Kai.
2: It's far too perfect for me to offer anything else as a serious suggestion. Um, it's tremendous. But my nerd suggestion is the Blackpool Combat Club versus Suzuki Gun. Why not? Why not? I don't have some intricate storyline. I don't have reasons this makes sense. The only reason it makes sense is because it could be really violent, and I want to see Minoru Suzuki in a cage. There you go. That's my answer. Nowhere near as well thought out. But the visual would be fun. Like Suzuki pressing his face
1: against a cage and, like, Laughing. getting his tongue out between, like, the links and the fence. <laughs> oh, that would be and the people
2: in that stable as well. Like, imagine what the crazy stuff El Desperado would do in that match. Oh, Christ, I... Zach is, like, a technical contrast. Doing stuff between the two sets of ropes. Oh, man, it's, too, it's... Yeah, book that up. Book that up as well. How about in your version, to subvert the finish of the last one? Instead of Jericho falling on the cardboard box. The cardboard box falls on Jericho. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> Know you know what I was,
1: uh, dickhead, you dickhead, you know what I was just about to say before you said that? Because we've just been developing some fantasy book and M um, ideas. Yeah. You know what I literally had in my head before you came out with that nonsense? Was someone should give us some money to form a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> and you just ruined it with your bollocks. Penultimate question, sign. This is from Dylan. Thank you, Dylan. <laughs> I'm currently in the process of watching a load of the top rated matches on cagematch.net. Any matches that are overlooked forgotten that I should check out? Kind of fell out of wrestling over the last 10 years. You give us a lot late. to work with, brother Jesus Christ, yeah. yeah, trying to rekindle the fire. Right. Given that you've in the process of watching a load of the top rated matches on CageMatch, it would be silly I think for me to suggest the Omega, Akada series. Watch that if you haven't. That's Port of Call number one. Akada Tanahashi, uh, Bucks versus Omega and Page. I'm assuming by top rated you've gone to these ones already. So let's go for some deep cuts because that is in fact what you've requested. Deep cuts that are nonetheless fantastic. I'll give you two because I'm wary of time and we've got one more question to get to.
2: Weary of time, brother. We could do this for two hours if you want. Well, not really.
1: I've got some stuff to do downstairs after
2: this. Kick the ball in the bin. All kinds of stuff. Activities.
1: Finishing a list, you knacker. <laughs> right. You know what was awesome? And I think people remember it as awesome, but it wouldn't necessarily be in the. If you were to go on, like, online, what are the best Ren wrestling matches of the last 10 years or whatever? Uh, Mox versus Ishii. Ah, uh,
2: yeah. From the G1
1: climax of 2019. Yeah. The John Moxley G1 climax run of 2019. Uh, myself and Andy Murray are, I think, closer together in tastes than. Mm. Certainly me and Hamlet and Murray and hamlet We've got very different opinions. Hamlet still likes WWE for God's sake. <laughs> so that should say. I it like all.
2: Bobby Lashley.
1: He's I he's in WWE. True. I don't think the three of us have been unified on any given professional wrestling development that we've collectively experienced throughout our shared friendship and career as the John Moxley 2019 New yeah. Japan Pro-Wrestling G1 Climax run and the match with Ishii was is as violent, intense, witty, wild, crafted as you'd expect. So that would be my first pick. Second, what's a really deep cut man that I thought was great. You know what, if you fell out of love with wrestling over the last 10 years, I'm assuming you're a lapsed WWE guy who hasn't necessarily gone back. Watch uh, Ronda and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie from WrestleMania yes, 34, show. which genuinely is the other thing that me, Murray, and Hamflet watched together and thought, this, is, this must be objectively good, as objectively good can feasibly happen, because we just all went wild for it. We've all got very different tastes.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, like, uh, I've gone down a completely different route And I've just had to look up the year because I'm terrible with years. Um, Two matches that I thought were just totally awesome. But I don't know, maybe because of the company they happened in and the general malaise didn't really finish on any match of the year lists or whatever. Because if you're trying to use objective standards, yeah, they're probably not the best matches of of this year. Um, Extreme Rules 2019, two matches, the Graveyard Dogs which is The Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre is such a perfect pantomime. It's so well-agented to make you think that The Undertaker can still go at 50-whatever years old. Um, If you maybe started falling out of wrestling just as The Undertaker was on the slide, watch this because it's just... Presented so perfectly, and I'm, I'm not going to ruin the finish, but it's one of the best set pieces they've done in years. And the second match on that show that was just a complete monster mash of fun was Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman, who had this ridiculously intense feud. Well, not really intense. It was just like, here's some cool stuff. They're going to go through the, the 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 video screen. They're going to have explosions. These two guys brawling all throughout the arena in this Falls count anywhere match. It's a great time. Those two matches to me signify what WWE should be. I don't think WWE should be this five-star match promotion. I think it yep. should just be a lot of fun. It should be sports entertainment. But two matches, great matches you won't find on cage match are those under five minutes. Because matches under five minutes on cage match are not eligible for a rating, which I think is a great shame because I've got three... I know four and a half to five star matches. I'm going to recommend to you right now: Owen Hart versus the One Two Three Kids, uh, Ricky Marvin versus Kenta, and Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. The WrestleMania match, not the first WrestleMania match, obviously the second one. Um, anyone in the world, I think, can watch those three matches regardless of what they think of pro wrestling and get something out of them because they condense so much into so little and uh, you should check all of them out but especially Ricky Marvin versus Kenta oh my god it's so perfect like to set the scene for you it's just briefly Kenta's the credible dominant guy he's the more established guy Ricky Marvin is hopelessly overmatched he knows he's probably going to lose watch the way he says screw this and tries to get the upper hand during the opening sequences. Tremendous. It's on YouTube as well. Yes, and it's just, I
1: have to echo that. It's one of the best short matches you'll ever see in your entire goddamn life. It's so good that you realize, why are other matches long? Yeah, what's the point of these 30 minutes. What is the point? (laughs) Last question, and to bring the self-indulgent podcast to a very fitting end, I've selected it purely because I agree with the opinion. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, you, you picked one you didn't agree and with. And I've
1: had this thought for quite some time as well. Um, who do you think will help book ROH? I have a feeling when Punk retires, he's going to help run it. If you look at CM Punk's run, how he elevated Ring of Honor as this episodic concern more than, than it was what he was able to get through within the WWE system, the straight edge society and how much material he had before it was eventually ripped out of his hands, what he's done in AEW so far with this sublimely plotted character arc, the MJF beginning to end, like they were foreshadowing details about this program from day one of it. It was tremendous. He's such a great storyteller in every single department. And as we know, he's got this incredibly emotional um, romantic connection with ring of honor I would if I was in charge of it and it was my money I would be getting CM Punk if you wanted it I would be grooming him in the ways of the Booker mm. to be honest if you look at what he's done with his own storylines and add up all that time he's just, he's not got as much booking experience as Tony Khan but Tony Khan hadn't before this started yeah if that was if there was anyone in wrestling other than Hangman Page to say that I think you can actually book a wrestling company it's CM Punk but I just think Tony Khan is loving being it at the moment unfortunately my read on it is that he will not relinquish control until he burns out
2: yeah for sure for sure he's uh, uh of course on top of like his wrestling activities which are now I mean they're not realistically doubled because AEW will have more people he's dealing with but like He's enhanced his workload in wrestling and he's also got Fulham Football Club and he's got his analytics company and he's got his duties with the, the Jaguars. Jaguars. In the National Hand Egg League. Take that. The comments say, there's not one. Perfect. Um, he's a very busy guy. It's he's trash. That's the point. Um, so with Ring of Honor... Delirious has a habit of just never never not being the Booker. And 12
1: <laughs> matches, all of which are 40 minutes.
2: Yeah. so even though it's been reported that he'll be finished with Ring of Honor after Supercard of Honor, he comes back so often that I, I can't see a future without him. It's very difficult to see that madman in his gibberish tones and his mask and the green tassels and stuff and not being involved somehow. But that's facetious. On a more serious note uh a similar note to yours i think brian danielson might be a good shout as well um not that he you know punk like from yes from what he's done in ring of honor before is a more logical choice um thinking about danielson he's always been quite open about not wanting to wrestle forever really um he's always every time he's he's signed a new contract or gone so and he might just be being a wrestler this is what they do they lie for a living uh shock horror He's always talking about you know, I've got family now, um I'm not gonna want to be on a full time schedule all the time, maybe two or three years from now, I'll consider my options. Just seems like a natural progression for him uh he combine it with some he could combine it with some kind of coaching role if Ring of Honor is to be this developmental thing that has been reported um who better to learn from than Brian Danielson uh he obviously has the history with the company, one of the greatest ring of honor guys ever. I think it's a really good fit um barring him. Why not get David Crockett in? Former announcer. Why not? Because his surname's Crockett. (laughs) Ring of Crockett Promotion Again, for the
1: second time in this podcast, the billionaire is not going to give us any money.
2: Um, (laughs) It's my fault. David Crockett and a cardboard box doing a frog splash on Chris Jericho. Poor Crockett.
1: Thanks a lot for your questions, guys. Um, We'll endeavor to do this again. Hopefully pick some different um, mutual Twitter follows to answer to the next time that, in fact, happens. Um, Until then, we'll see you soon. We've got more content coming on this feed um, from the stateside team of uh, Adam Wilborn et al, is what I'm going to call them. and you know we can you can follow all of us at What Culture if you're interested in our takes. Um, at What Culture WWE, uh, you can follow Andy Murray at
2: at Andy H Murray. The H stands for Hey. Michael, what movie are you going to watch this weekend? Why is it Snakes on a Plane? It's Tremors actually. Oh wow, Worms in a Burn.
1: You can follow me <laughs> at Emma Sidrick once again. You can follow us all at What Culture WWE. Um, again, stay tuned to this podcast feed because we are going to be providing you IRL real time
3: updates from
1: From Wrestlemania weekend over the next few days so to get like a, a glimpse of what it's actually really like check it out and until then we'll see you soon